Hey everybody, I just want to take a moment to talk about a new thing I'm doing. Over the years, many of you have reached out to me telling me how much you love the podcast, but also wish there were more personalized takeaways and more in-depth interactions with our guests to hear what they think about comedy. This is why I'm now launching my new digital academy, Blueprint for Success. With exclusive interviews and comedy philosophies of stars and industry veterans, personalized versions of the Industry Standard podcast, commercial-free, and one-on-one coaching time with me. Blueprint for Success will give you the powerful tools that will take you up the elevator beyond the competition and reach the highest possible levels to achieve your dreams. Whether it be stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, hosting, radio podcasting, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or an agent. Now I'm here to help, personally. We'll go on an express train of comedy and entertainment like nobody else has before. You can find out more about Blueprint for Success and the comedy business on my website at barrycats.com. Together, we'll take your career where you want it to go. Keep up your word. If you say you're going to do something to yourself or to someone else, do it. So if I say that I want to be, you know, if I say I want to start this project and I don't follow through, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not doing right by myself. If I tell someone I'm going to do something and I don't follow through, I'm not doing right by them. So follow through on your word, loyalty, respect, blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's all, it's all true. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Industry Standard with me, Barry Katz. So excited to have you here. Thanks again for all your support. And through all these almost nine years of episodes that we have from the very beginning until now, so many inspirational stories, so many unique artists and executives and so many incredible journeys that these people have taken. And my guest today in part two of two, Scott Fisher is no exception. But before I get started, I want to let you know that I'm very, very grateful for all of you. I always am grateful. Your support has been just incredible. I'll never stop thanking you. And if you need to reach me, you can do so at Barry Katz, at Instagram or Twitter, or on my website at barrycats.com and I'll be glad to get back to you hopefully before 2027 no hopefully sooner than that my guest today Scott Fisher is a guy who really really impressed me because it's one thing to go about in the entertainment business where you're working in traditional platforms like TV film even radio and using the same formulas that people have used in the past. But Scott's a guy who worked with social influencers. That's what he decided to do. Now, granted, this is an area of the business that has really only been really coming to the forefront in the past decade. But he recognized that there weren't a lot of people representing these artists 
there weren't a lot of people taking them seriously. A lot of people in the business just thought they were fly-by-night people who just came and went. But he recognized something different. And he had to utilize a formula of his own. A formula of how to reach these people and gain their trust. Remember, these are people who have done it on their own. Without managers, without agents, without production companies. And have done really, really well. Really well. Incredibly well. <laughs> and so a lot of these people were already millionaires. At least they had hundreds of thousands of dollars from the money they gained from the revenue on their social media platforms. But he had to go in and gain their trust. He had to be great at talent relations. He had to be persistent. He had to have a vision. And he had to make those people feel safe. That he could help them take what they had done and increase it to levels beyond what they could ever imagine. And then on top of that, form a collaboration with one of the greatest management companies in the world to work with their artists. And then take his artists and have them cross over into traditional platforms and then help artists who are in traditional platforms cross over to the social influencer platforms. This is a guy who started when he was 19, but he had the foresight. He had the navigation skills. He knew how to add value. He knew how to make people feel safe. He knew how to be persistent. And most of all, he had a plan that he executed to perfection. And I can guarantee you, if you can figure out a way to do that, you're going to have the possibility of the kind of career that Scott Fisher has. Here we go in three, two. This show will have laughter. I got everybody pregnant with Barry Katz and semen. I'm not comfortable with the tone this is taking. If you're undeniable, you will not be denied. If you want to be successful in showbiz and you get yourself a Jew white manager like Barry Katz. <laughs> Being a manager is just turning no's into yeses. Creating holy shit moments. Undeniable. You fucking firing me up, Katz. I love this man. Is there anything else I should know? You're on. What? Out of the air! Barry Katz. Back in the house. 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 Let's do this. We'll do a little six degrees of separation. Okay. I'm going to mention a name of somebody, and I want you to tell me something about them, maybe an inspirational story about them, maybe how they got started, maybe some little tidbit that lets the people in the audience know, hey, not only did I start at a Starbucks, but so did this person, and this is how they did it. Gigi Gorgeous. Gigi Gorgeous was the, the first client. Her name was Gregory Gorgeous when I met her. Um, and she's the one that kind of gave me... People always ask, did you have a mentor? And I hate saying I didn't. And one day I realized that she was my mentor because she taught me 
what a good client was, how to work with someone, how to hustle, how to figure things out. Um, so she, she was the first one. Got it. And tell the audience just a little tidbit of how she went from zero to holy shit. She's got a ton of followers. Yeah. Um, for her, it was the honesty about her life. Everything that happened, you know, she transitioned and she did it on YouTube. Um, and she filmed the entire thing that we ended up packaging into a Sundance documentary. Um, but she was always super honest and super raw and didn't leave anything on the table. Um, awesome. Yeah. Tyler Oakley. Tyler Oakley is my business partner's client. And he, again, was one of the first people that innovated in the space. He. What did he do to innovate? He understood pop culture and fandom and how a narrative would happen on the internet. And he was the person that was the go-to um, when those stories were happening. And, and he still is today. He still, you know, has a, has a career that Fortune 500 brands are looking for him to, you know, speak at their conferences, work with him. Um, and he was, my business partner is kind of her version of Gigi. Um, and he was a huge LGBTQ voice in the early days as well. Amanda Steele. Another one of my business partner's clients. Um, she was, I think she might have been 12 or 13 when she started YouTube. Um, and she was always super into fashion. As she grew up, she decided that she wanted to start her own brand. Um, so my partner launched Steel, which is her clothing line, and that's done really well. Um, and she's, I think she's now only, she's still super young. I don't want to misquote her age, but she's, she's a good one. Mindy McKnight. Mindy McKnight is not, not the business partner I just mentioned, but another one of my female partners. Um, she is a mastermind of putting it all together. So she started making videos with her daughters showing how to make cute hairstyles. How she, old was she then? She maybe her mid twenties, um, and her kids were young kids, um, and the channel was called Cute Girls Hairstyles: How to Make Cute Girls Hairstyles. Um, they made those hairstyles. The videos got tons of views, but Mindy was always super smart about what she chose to do, how she chose to approach it. It was a real business, and now we have a brand in Walmart with her that we helped her build that will do thirty to fifty million in sales this year. Wow, and her. Uh... Her daughters are Brooklyn and Bailey. Yeah, and they have their own, you know, separate careers as well. How old are they now? I think they're nineteen. They're they just started college. Josh and Heather Altman. That's a that's a new relationship. Um, I was always a fan of Million Dollar Listing. I always say if I wasn't doing this, I would be a real estate agent. Um, and Josh had been doing YouTube, and they reached out to some of our clients, and I said, let's let's do some stuff together. So we're doing that. Caleb City. Caleb City is one of our manager's clients and he just is super creative and one of those innovators. Like he will come up with a format and something comedic, not totally what you would expect, a little kind of from left field, but um, super entertaining. Awesome. 
And if I mispronounce a name, I want you to help me. And Those were all good. Again. So yeah. I'm going to give a few more. I'm going to fuck some of these up. So you just <laughs> correct me and then I'll say it over yeah. again. Ava Gutowski. Ava Gutowski. Again, is one of those. She's a. I. I she's my client. Um, she's genuinely, I think, a creative genius. And anything that happens to her, she figures out a way to make it work. Um, I always say she has the best luck of anyone I've ever met. And she can show up to set having not needed to prepare, and everyone is just blown away by how quickly she can make something happen. Um, so she would have been in another life a kid actor, and you know, become would have been on a, you know, CW show or something. But she found social media early. When I met her, she told me she wanted to be the next Oprah Winfrey and she wanted to intern at KTLA. And I said, I don't think you need to intern at KTLA. I think we can do something else. Um, and she's gone on to executive produce and star on her own half hour comedy um, to launch a clothing brand. She's launching a couple other brands. She's doing music. Like she's kind of does it all um, because she wants because she has the drive to make things happen. So for us, it's always like, what's her next idea? Let's help her. Let's help her make it happen. And she and we've produced content for her channel before. Uh, we did a scripted series on her channel. We've done music videos with her. So she's invested into her channel as well. Whaley Hoang. Yeah, she's one of my partner's clients, and she's she's just such a, a sweet person. Um, and is one of those people that people watch because they just like her and they relate to her and they want to hear her talk about her life. Um, she's super open and honest and it's really just about the lifestyle, like tapping into everything she loves. God. Let's go with some old school names, shall we? Yeah. Old friend of mine, these guys, Ben Silverman. Explain how your yeah. relationship is with him and explain something about him that the audience would want to know. Yeah, relatively new relationship. Um, when I first met him, I, uh, I loved his enthusiasm. Everything is very exciting all the time. Um, and I love people that just say yes and then figure it out later. Um, and a lot of those people, if they're smart and driven, they will figure it out. Um, so he's one of those people that just has the energy and um, it's usually, you know, you want to tap into that. Peter Principato. Peter, again, relatively new relationship through the through the Ben connection as well. Um, when we when we met, we were in a process. We had a lot of um, interest to either acquire or invest in our business, and we had always passed on working with anyone because I I always have I have a no assholes policy, um, and if I don't if I didn't like someone as a person, I couldn't understand how I could be in business with them. Um, and he was just very calm, cool, collected, understanding, respectful, um, all of those things that you look for in someone that you're kind of trusting to build something with. Um, and it's, and he's been super supportive and, and great. But you decided to work for the man as opposed to being the man. You were the man since Starbucks. Why would you take a check and work for the man? Thankfully, we still own the majority of the company. Um, but we really wanted, and this isn't bullshit, we actually really did want a true partner to help us grow. Um, I had been with, been doing it on my own for a while, had partners join the company. 
it's so helpful to have an outsider tell you how they feel about things, tell you how your plan could be could be thought about differently. Um, help us with the more theatrical world and the film and TV world. We really know digital. We really know brand partnerships. Um, but how do we, you know, use the resources that they have to to grow that side of our to grow the film and TV side of our business? How did they tap into our brand partnerships and our our digital side? So it felt like a kind of a, you know more of a partnership and not a not a transaction. Um, we had other options for transactions that I would have um, probably benefited from purely financially in a, in a bigger way, but we chose not to pursue those just because at the end of the day you want to like who you're in business with and you want it you know the tide to to lift all ships kind of thing. Why is it that? And I know a few people independently have dabbled in this concept. But if I had a spare million dollars lying around, I would find an extraordinary comedy writer who hasn't gotten his break yet. Or I would read 25 to 50 comedy scripts that never got sold or were turned around and given back or whatever it be. And then I would go to the top 10 most followed influencers. And I would say, I have a role for you in this film. And I want you to read it. There's 10 roles. All of them are equal. It's an ensemble. And it works for three weeks, maybe three and a half weeks got a great young director, and we'll all split the back end. So let's say there's nine influencers, and I'm the guy putting up the million dollars. Yeah. I don't even care. I just say, listen, we're all favored nations partners. We all have 10% of this movie, and let's go out and show the world that us influencers can act We'll go, we'll pay money, we'll bring in Larry Moss or Leslie Kahn, and we'll spend a week with them, and they'll gut us like fish, and they will make us great actors, and we'll get a director that really fights to get the best take no matter what, so 99 takes could suck, but the one we get looks good, and we're going to look good, and we're going to go out there and prove to the world we're great actors, and we can do this and then we'll all take the bet we'll all take the flyer for 10 percent of whatever it is why don't more people do that and if they did do it before why hasn't it worked i think it it has happened um maybe not in that cohesive of a way where you have 10 people coming together and it's kind of like the Justice League of Influencers. And normally I would say take four or three or yeah. whatever, but for the purpose of making sure that there's a billion people yeah. who are followed, that's why I use the example of nine or 10. Yeah. So I'm sorry. No, I think, I think a lot of people assume that the more influencers you have, the more eyeballs, and that's not always necessarily the case because the reality is 
a lot of them, you know, the audience overlaps. So you're kind of doubling up on a lot of people. And I think it's sometimes a different language. A lot of the influencers aren't thinking about how they make a movie. They're thinking about how they make a YouTube video or start their consumer product company. So I think part of it is that it's just not necessarily a focus. Um, and sometimes that the creative isn't there or the, you know, the prep isn't put into it in the way it should be. Um, but that's a great idea. We should, we should do that. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying this episode as much as I am. If you made it this far and you haven't fallen asleep yet, then you must be the type of person who's serious about having a career in the comedy business. That's why I'm offering you my Blueprint for Success, a one-of-a-kind all-access pass into my knowledge and experience after over 40 years of working with the best of the best in this crazy entertainment industry. I'll tell you all the stories, all the philosophies, give you all the great special guests, and even give you one-on-one -on -one private consultations to help you expand, enhance, and skyrocket your comedy career. Just go to barrycats.com and click on Blueprint for Success to learn more about my groundbreaking digital academy that I've created just for you. With it, we can take your career so far that one day, instead of listening to this podcast, you'll be interviewed on it. So let's go one step further, okay? Let's pretend you and I are talking business. So... I have many people in my life who a million dollars is like cab fare. Okay? So, is it possible that with this million dollars we can find maybe we find five or six of these influencers who can act who has a semblance of acting skills that we can hire an acting coach to train. We find a great script. We go, we shoot it, and we sell it. And if we don't sell it, we just put it up for sale on everybody's platforms and we split the profits. Now there's somebody who shall remain nameless. Actually, I'm not going to say he shall remain nameless. I'm <laughs> going to name him. Because I really was blown away by this. So Steve-O from Jackass, mm -hmm. he has 5 million followers. He shot a special himself. He bet on himself. He put a special together. He rented a billboard for, I think, $40,000 on Sunset, taped himself to the this billboard just yeah, yeah. as yeah. a publicity experience. And he went, but he went out to try to sell it everywhere, and the 11 places where you can sell it all passed. Mm -hmm. This is a guy with 5 million followers. They all passed. Okay? So, he decides to put the paywall up on his website himself. Mm -hmm. Okay? The first month, he sells... 34,646 specials for $9.99. Now, when I told you he sold 34,646 specials, 
it doesn't sound too good when you say the guy has five million followers. It feels like it's failure. So Steve O failed and made $346,000 in one month. And he owns it. He's not working for the man. He owns it himself 100%. And he's obviously going to make more money than he ever would have made if he just sold the special. Even if Netflix gave him the money, they're not going to give him Chappelle money. They're going to give him between 250 and a million dollars. Maybe two million if he gets a good deal because he's not Chappelle at 20 million. But the point is, he bet on himself, he did it. So if I came up with a million dollars, are there five influencers that would take the bet? In other words, if come, we're all in this together, we're working, and when we sell it, we split everything equally. Or would they fear that and think, that could ruin me if that doesn't do well? I don't think they're worried about being their career being ruined because I think they're so in control of their career because they're not relying on someone to cast them in something or to choose them. They, they own their audience, they make the decisions, and their audience, for the most part, will continue to follow them as long as you know they're doing what they um showing them what they came came there for um and i think they're you know they're not worried about getting the big paycheck if they're passionate about something because they have you know the, the financial stuff set up um so if someone's really passionate if you find a group of four really passionate influencers that love the concept and love the idea i don't think i think this this generation of talent is so flexible and open and excited for new and different things because they're not worried about how does this affect my career because they're not propped up on some you know in some world they're just kind of navigating and doing things they're excited about which usually translate and in, translates into success because if they like the idea and they're excited about it for the most part their their audience will be into it too but you know, some things don't work because it doesn't end up being what everyone thought it would be or whatever it is. But you look at some of the people that you work with, like when I say Steve-O has 5 million Instagram followers, to other comedians, that's like, wow. I think if Steve were here, he would say, well, I don't really consider myself like the comedian like Chris Rock. I'm sort of like a variety performer. I do a bunch of different things. But the point being, five million is a lot for a comedian. But five million for one of your people it might be a joke. That might be like breathing. Because your guys might have, some of these people have 15 million. Some have over 20 million. So if Steve O is converting, as I like to say, converting to the financial end of things yeah. at a very low rate like that and he's making $350,000 a month I'm not saying it's going to happen every month Yeah. then these guys make a movie and even if it doesn't sell to a distributor and they put it out on all platforms all across and they promote it in perpetuity I mean it seems to me like it's a good play if they could get somebody to invest in it yeah, I think they, we take that thinking 
but we've really found success in the consumer product side of it. Well, of, of course, because, yeah. and I just want to go toe to toe with yeah. you here. So Tyler Oakley isn't going to enhance his career by doing a deal with Nissan for a million dollars. He's just going to enhance his bank account. But if Tyler Oakley parlays his amazing skill for creating innovative content into something that inspires and changes the world that people will pay for, I always felt this is what a career was all about. And Peter Principato could probably come here and strangle me when I say this, but I love the fact that they're called followers because that's what I've always thought since I started in the business when I started representing young talent. I would say to them, listen, they'd say, God, I just want to work in the clubs. I just want to sell out a show at a club. I said, yeah, but then you want those people to follow you and buy the book that you write. Yeah. And then when you get the radio show, you want them to follow you there. And then when you get SNL, you want them to follow you to television. And when you get your own sitcom, you want them to follow you to the sitcom. Then when you get your movie, you want them to follow there and pay the 10 bucks or 20 bucks for the movie. Yeah. Then when you do Madison Square Garden, you want them to follow you there and pay the $100 a ticket or whatever it is. Yeah. And then if you do your pay-per-view special, you want them to do that. And if you're part of a subscription-based network, you want them to do that. So it's all about followers. Yeah. So the reason why I'm going toe-to-toe -to -toe with you, money's great. Everything's wonderful. It's wonderful to get a million dollars to do a Wheaties commercial or Coca-Cola thing for Tyler Oakley or any one of your clients. But that only enhances their bank account. There's no way that that enhances the respect and the uh, force of an audience to say, holy shit. I, I have to watch your stuff because of that Nissan Rogue that you're driving. I, I really, God, that's incredible that you're driving that new souped-up thing around and telling me about the steering. So for me, like, it's about figuring out how to take this stuff that they're so amazing at creating stuff that people were like, I have to subscribe to this person and then expand it so it not only is in that world but it's in the other platform so that's why yeah there's nothing wrong with lebron making 27 million dollars promoting coke or sprite that's wonderful he's already expanded his other career to the highest level there's no higher level he can get in basketball yeah that's his career. That's his focus. He's done it. So if he does a Sprite commercial, it doesn't matter that it doesn't enhance his career. Yeah. All it does is enhance his exposure and then for yeah. the brand deal. Yeah. But for your guys, I feel there's more than that icing on the cake. And, and again, but it's hard to say to a young person, hey, look, you know, let's concentrate on this television series for... Amazon Prime 
Fuck the television series. I got my own television series on my own YouTube channel. What, I got to fucking work for these idiots? One good example, I one of my clients who I've had for a long time is Lore DIY, and she creates DIY content, content on YouTube. And I always said, you're the millennial version of Martha Stewart. You need to have the products, the show, the whole thing. And we did that. We had products in, we have products in Target, Michaels, Walmart, Joanne, but then we also needed the show. Like we felt the same way about needing the anchor and needing something else. So she executive produces a show for HBO Max called Craftopia, and it's a competition show about crafting. And it's like the perfect endemic concept for her um, that gives her that anchor, something outside of YouTube, um, but still speaks to what she's excited about. And it speaks to what she's excited about, and this is what I'm talking about. Both worlds merge. Yeah. So her audience on the internet follows her to television. Her audience on television that doesn't know anything about the internet follows her to the internet. Exactly. And so it, it, it melds that way. Now, I don't know if that's the show that she dreamed that she would be doing. It actually is, honestly. Then, that's, is, then that's good. It's all she wanted. Like, it's, a, it's an unscripted show. It's exactly what her, it's her world, and it's, it's, it speaks to who she is. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. This is great. All right. I'm going to head into the final roundup here. One of the things that I think that you're in an advantage representing social influencers, where other, like, comedians are at a disadvantage and they have to be very creative, is during the pandemic. I always look at social influencers like, animation writers and voiceover people they're recording in their house they're doing whatever they're writing and that they don't worry about anything the guys who write and work on bojack horseman aren't worried about whether they have a job or not meanwhile the writers on david spade lights out you are like are we coming back so social influencers i thought that there's no challenge am i wrong you're not wrong. Um, in the beginning, obviously, there was a lot of shakeup in the world. So it's for us as, as a company, it was like about the leadership and how we work with our team and our clients. But we figured that out. Um, and our clients are used to working at home. They have their whole setup at home. They don't they typically didn't need to go out and, and work with other people on, on things. Um, and we were so used to working digitally in general. You know, we're scouting talent on YouTube. We're scouting talent on TikTok. So none of it really changed. We How just... do you scout talent on YouTube and TikTok? Is there some assistant whose only job it is to track the views of everybody on some app? I'm like, okay, today it's like a <laughs> stock market. Okay, today Oakley's on top and this one's down. Oh, ooh, Oakley took a turn today. Is it like the stock market where people are up and down? Or... It's funny that you mentioned that because we have we we actually use the word track for our for our talent scouting. Um, and we, like every, a lot of companies, we have a weekly scouting meeting and we have people we're tracking. We look at their numbers. We look at how they're doing. We decide when and if we want to reach out. You, sometimes we call it going into a black hole. So like there will be nights where I'm up at midnight still today. Um, and I'm, I'm sending links to the team of 25 people. Who wants this person? Who wants this person? Track them. What, what's their deal? Let's figure this what's out. What's the lowest number of followers an artist can have for you to be interested in them? It honestly depends. We start tracking. We can start tracking people when they have like 50,000 followers. 
but you wouldn't sign somebody who had 50,000 followers. It really depends. If someone, like you said with engagement, if someone has 3 million followers, but 10,000 people are seeing their posts, they don't really have 3 million followers. They have people that are no longer interested. Um, but if someone has 50,000 followers and 100,000 people see their posts, clearly they're, they're growing. Um, Talk about that for a yeah. second. What do you call that ratio? Their engagement ratio. So it's an engagement ratio. Yeah. What's the average engagement ratio for the average social influencer? Good question. I think it can range anywhere from 1%, 5%, 10% kind of thing. What's the highest you've ever seen consistently? Mm -hmm. Well, like I said, sometimes there are cases consistently where someone will actually over-engage their, their followers. So they'll have a bigger audience and actually follows them because people just tap into it. But I think 30%, 50% is, is great. So tell me about the evolution, how things have changed in the past 10 years since the Starbucks to now. Tell me how technology has changed the way things are. Tell me how artists have changed the way things are. I think the biggest thing that's changed is now there's a blueprint so you 10 years ago we hadn't seen people find success and build a career because it didn't exist now people have done that and you've seen the mistakes the wins the different ways things can be done so we now see talent come into our company that looks to you know the clients we've had for 10 years and says i want to do what they did but i want to take it to the next level and we're in the early days of, of those kinds of things where people have looked back on someone's whole career now and and want to replicate it but do things a little differently. Um, so I think having the roadmap, us having all of this knowledge and experience of what we've done and then looking forward of forward to what we want to be doing. Um, and it, you know, the baseline before in the beginning of our conversation was AdSense and brand deals. Now it's a whole new world. It's consumer products ventures. It's us investing in other startups. It's us producing content. It's our client producing content. Um, it's us acquiring other management companies. Like it, it really changed and grew, but the, the same thing, it's, it's, it's about talent, figuring out what they want to do long-term. Now they kind of understand what the options are before it was like, I guess I make YouTube videos and make brand money and see what comes next. Cause it was just, everything was kind of coming at once. Now we have, you know, clients that know they can write a book and sell millions of copies. They know they can develop a show. They know they can start a hair care line. Um, because we've done it. So I think there's there's more framework to it now, but now that that baseline is there, people are, are thinking outside of that box. And how do I create my own subscription service, my own, um, you know, how do I invest in, in other creators and help them grow and benefit from that? Um, so everyone's, I, people use, use this, I hate the word the wild, wild west, because it really isn't anymore. Um, it's, it's moving into the future, which, which we're really excited about. Hey everybody, let me remind you one more time about my new blueprint for success. It's a project I've spent months and months working on just to help you jumpstart your comedy career and beat the competition. Whether you want to do stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, radio, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or agent, Blueprint for Success will give you all the tools you need to take your career to the highest levels. With exclusive interviews, my top 50 commercial-free episodes from Industry Standard, 
one-on-one coaching with me and unprecedented access into my knowledge and experience from over 40 years in this crazy business. I guarantee you that with Blueprint for Success, you'll become the creator you've always dreamed of becoming. No one's asking me to do this. I want to do it because I want to help you become truly undeniable. So just go to barrycats.com, click on Blueprint for Success, and start your incredible journey today. I truly can't wait to work with you to help you change the trajectory of your comedy career forever. You said that 10 years ago there was no blueprint, but now there's a blueprint. Could you be more specific for our audience of what's the blueprint? Yeah, well, 10 years ago, there had never been a YouTuber that had a TV show. There had never been a YouTuber that sold products. There had never been a YouTuber that um, invested in other businesses. Now that we've seen that happen, and it's, you kind of see it happen and you know it's possible. And you people didn't know how long it was going to last, if it, if it was even going to be lucrative or whatever it would be. Now the their surveys of kids in, in schools and their number one job they want is an influencer. Um, for good or bad, I'm not going to weigh in on that. Um, but I think you have to see it to, to, people have to see something to really understand what they could be. Um, and our clients that, you know, the client that said she wanted to be Oprah Winfrey, she saw someone who had a, had a show, had this whole business, and that's, that's what she knew. Um, and now her fans would probably say they want to be Ava, you know? Um, so you kind of have to see it to, to understand it. You know, Netflix does their thing. Then people wait, see what's happening. Five years later, a bazillion people use that formula and get into that business. How come there's no competition for YouTube? How come there's not another platform that's giving artists... Like, if I was a billionaire I would create a new YouTube and I'd say hey you know how they're taking 45% of your money not me I'm only gonna take 20% come on down Mm -hmm. how come nobody's doing that they've tried it there were early days there was a company called live video this is very early days there was vessel with Jason Kalar who now runs um, Warner Media tried to do that tried to pay youtubers to put their content exclusively somewhere else and it's, for, for YouTube specifically, it's it's just where the eyeballs are. There's such a science in the algorithm and in the ad sales that it it's such a machine at this point that people haven't been able to break through. But platforms like TikTok, who did something differently, and people would argue that Vine and TikTok are very similar. TikTok's algorithm and the way it's set up is completely different. TikTok totally broke the code on how do we find something that will get eyeballs um, not similar to YouTube, but the same kind of idea of influencers building an audience and um, building a career. And now someone on TikTok can, you know, go from 500,000 to 10 million followers in two months. And their career, they're, all the TikTok celebrities that you hear about right now are people that found fame this year. And they're the biggest stars on earth. That's what happened to one of my clients. He just Amazing. put one thing on TikTok and then he doesn't even understand it 
because he had the same thing on another platform. So I always say that the new, cool, interesting, unique talent kids, the young people, are going to TikTok to try to then cross over and make it and get to YouTube because YouTube is too saturated and they can't break through. Whereas 10 years ago, the YouTube people wanted a cable TV show. Um, and TikTok is literally like, when you scroll, you're like walking through the high school talent contest and you're just seeing all these kids um, that are so creative and so talented and the algorithm gives them a shot because they're not going to get through on any other platform. You're a visionary. What's next? God. Um, What's the next platform that's going to blow people away? I don't know if it's a platform. I think it's... I think there's going to be talent that build things that are so interesting that they they transcend what the platform is and they can build something that they own. So not saying that they would go and build their own social network, but there has to be... There's going to be some businesses built by these creators today in the next five years that will be totally different points of points of view. It's not it's not about AR and VR and like all that stuff. I think it's um, they're just going to build unique homes for what they're already doing on someone else's platform, and and create something that then transcends what they do and brings other people on board. Your proudest moment in show business thus far? I actually would say my proudest moment is how we've handled this year, to be totally honest, because we have a lot of competitors and a lot of people in our in our business that didn't stand through things because they freaked out and they, you know, they made bad decisions in the haste of, of, of things happening. And I, our team has said they were really proud of our leadership. And to me, it wasn't, it's to me it, it's never been about making it it making it in entertainment it's been about building a company that i'm proud of um so i've never been the little wins to me don't don't do it for me so like a client getting a project or something happening in that in the showbiz doesn't fulfill that in, in me it's really about like looking back on the team i built or finding seeing one of our managers become really successful and knowing that we helped them get to that point um, so I think this year has honestly been, we, we do mid-year reviews and when we did those, it felt nice to kind of hear all that feedback and see what we've built over the last 10 years. Um, having a documentary at Sundance was great, doing the deal with Propagate and Artists First was great. Um, but I think it's knowing that we've built something that means something to people and helps, helps our clients and helps our team. Your biggest disappointment in show business and how you used it to fuel yourself to the next level. In the early days, when things were so chaotic and I was stretched so thin, you know, there were times where I didn't have my eye on everything properly. Um, and I, there were some clients that needed more attention than I could give them at that time. Um, and a couple of them, you know, went on to be great. And I, I would have loved to keep them, but I honestly didn't have the bandwidth to properly work with them. So I, I let them go because um, at the time they weren't financially making sense for me. Um, so, you know, but you can never kind of, that comes and goes all the time. So like, I don't, I don't ever like, I don't ever uh, regret that, but you know, I always think if I had a bigger team at that time and I could have had the bandwidth, I should, it would have been amazing to keep them because they've really grown to something awesome. Last question. What advice do you have for the young person listening or watching who has never made a video? 
never put up anything, never done any piece of content on the internet, but has always had the desire and the dream and the inspiration to do it, but maybe never really understood the process. What advice do you have for that person to to move forward and to start and to have the kind of career that the artist that you represent have had? And also, on the other side, how do they go about accomplishing their dream like you have on the other side of the camera? I think the advice is pretty similar for both. Number one is if you want something, you have to go and get it. You can't wait for someone to bring it to you or to let you in or whatever it is. If you build it, they will come is my motto with everything. Go create it and then they'll come asking you to help them. Um, have confidence in yourself. Don't sell yourself short. Don't assume just because the way something was done is the way it should be done. Try to take what works from, from what's happened, but also innovate on top of it. Don't totally just think you're blazing an entirely new path um, and you can do it on your own. Like There are reasons things work in, work in the world and sometimes they should continue. Um, on the talent side, if you are thinking of putting up content and you're editing it yourself and you're, you find yourself skimming through it or skipping through it, if you're skipping through your own stuff, chances are someone else isn't even going to want to watch it if if you can't bear to watch it through completely. So always think about whatever you put out should be your 100%, should be something you're captivated by on the 50th watch um, because chances are the person that watches it and spends five seconds deciding if they want to continue watching isn't, you know, they're not you, they're not going to like your content as much as you would. So the on the talent side, it's put yourself out there, be smart about what you put out, don't sell out. Don't take too many deals too soon. Money will come. If, if you're talented and, and, it's, and, it's, and it's for you, the money will come. Um, and on the business side, it's, it's all about relationships. It's all about being a good person. If you're being a manager, I see a lot of my job is helping my clients be good people, make good decisions, and stay mentally successful because you can be as rich and famous as you want but if you're if your head's not there none of it means anything um and just treat people with respect and keep up your word if you say you're going to do something to yourself or to someone else do it so if i say that i want to be you know if i say i want to start this project and i don't follow through i'm, I'm not i'm not um i'm not doing right by myself if i tell someone i'm going to do something and i don't follow through i'm not doing right by them so Follow through on your word, loyalty, respect, blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's, all, it's all true. Um, don't, again, don't focus on the money because if, if, if you love what you do and you work really hard, you'll find success in some kind of way. Scott Fisher. Wow. You are an influencer. <laughs> awesome. Thank, Thank you, you so, much. so much. This was so informative, so incredible. I'm so glad you're here, and I'm so glad you told your story, and it means a lot to me coming from my side of the business where I came from to see somebody who has that drive and excitement for a new form of the way business is being done. It really makes me happy to see, and you should be very, very proud. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks, buddy.
Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I want to talk to you about an amazing documentary that I worked on a few years back called I Killed JFK, which was unlike anything I ever did in my life. It's centered on a man who'd been in prison for 30 years, who's the only person in history to have admitted to killing Kennedy, and his story is unbelievable. He started as a runner for the mob. He was hired to drive two hit men from that city around Dallas, and he ended up being the guy who calibrated their weapons. And he was there that day with one of his own and took the fatal shot that killed John F. Kennedy on the grassy knoll. His story, the footage, the interviews, never been seen before. You can't find them anywhere else except on this documentary. So go to barrycats.com to the merch page and buy the documentary with the rare interviews of the five greatest historical experts in the world. So just go to barrycats.com, the merch page, pick up the documentary and interviews, and I guarantee it will reverse the way you feel about what happened that day in 1963 and change your opinion of the government and how it works and alter the way you think about things forever. Lastly, I want to talk to you about something really impactful and involves something really close to my heart, self-education. You see, throughout my life, I realized that every success I've ever achieved in my career has come from the education I received from my experiences in the business. And I truly believe that we all have the knowledge inside of us that others would kill for. And by sharing that, we can open up an entirely new world of possibilities for ourselves. That's why I'm so excited to tell you that I partnered up with my friend Tony Robbins, who's been number one in this field for 40 years. Along with his team of experts, Dean Graziosi and Russell Brunson, they'll show you how to take that valuable knowledge in your mind and turn it into an incredibly profitable mastermind workshop or event, just like they have and continue to do in their careers. And they're launching a new training program that's literally changing people's lives by helping people like you be a part of this $129 billion a year business. So it's an incredible opportunity for someone like yourself to build your own business, share your knowledge, and help and serve people in a huge way with the guidance of Tony Robbins, the best in the business. He's actually going to teach people like you how to make big money and build a successful business. So if you're ready to take your life to the next level, they're doing a free live training session, barrykbb.com. That's B-A-R-R-Y-K-B-B.com. Look, I've done over 440 free podcast episodes of Industry Standard, and because of your incredible response, it's reinforced my belief that we're morally obligated to share and pass on our knowledge with the world and help other people in those ways. I truly believe this, and I really love this groundbreaking training program and how it can turn your knowledge into an extraordinary amount of money. So just go to barrykbb.com, that's B-A-R-R-Y-K-B-B.com, to this free training session with the best in the business, Tony Robbins. I guarantee you, it will change your life forever. As always, this has been Industry Standard with me, Barry Katz. And if you like the show, tell all your friends. And if you don't like the show, tell all your friends. You get all the money, drop that fancy.
Mexicon All the people love you Cause you're going for Life is for the dreamers They have all to gain It's never quite over Till it all feels the same You pick your own poison Thank you for listening to Industry Standard with Barry Katz. If you'd like more info on our schedule of new episodes or how to reach Barry through Twitter, Facebook, or email, go to BarryKatz.com. Before you leave... Please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast, leave a comment, and rate it, even if you think it blows. Thank you for your support, and have a great day.